today oh won't that be a great morning the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised you'll see your brothers and sisters there'll be a quickening of faith and it's time to leave this world that's gonna happen I'm looking for it oh we ought to be excited about that good to be in the house of the Lord isn't it so good to see your brother Len God bless you. Nice to have you here. You feeling good? Feeling better. God bless you. Brother Lloyd, so good to see you. God bless you. This last week, Brother Lloyd had just shared a request. He's been, had a concussion earlier in the year, and uh, he was slowly working his way back to work and started doing duties, and now the workers' compensation is holding him back from doing it. The brother wants to work. He wants to be meaningful. Let's pray together with Brother Lloyd. Will you do that? We believe that God's going to restore that. We're going to stand together with you in prayer on that, Brother Lloyd. God bless you. Nice to have you here. Nice to be in the meeting again this morning. And uh, we're looking for a wonderful day, a good time in the presence of the Lord. This morning, I had a uh, text from Brother Andrew. Continue, and uh, something happened. Um, you may have noticed his wife, Sister Sharon, has been rather great with child in the last little while. Well, we're happy to announce the bubble has burst. <laughs> 6.46 a.m. this morning, Sunday, August 30th, a little boy came forward. And Lemuel Kefa Otenio. Baby and mother are doing fine. The dad, we're not sure. Last reports, he was seen somewhere over the moon. So, <laughs> oh, the first one is so special. Isn't that right, Brother Michael? Oh, man, Chil all children are special. But it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful thing. Children are the heritage of the Lord. And God delights in it, so... Enjoyed the special this morning, Sister Joanne. Enjoyed the worship. Good to be in the house of the, the Lord this morning. We're happy to have our brother Jonah Emke with us from Kelowna. His wife, Sister Edna, is here. And the young man, it's either that's their son. He's trying to pretend to be his dad. Um, anyway, Jonathan's here also. We're happy to have you. We saw them last weekend. 
under slightly warmer conditions. But uh, we've known the Emke family for many years. As children, we grew up. We'd go to the Okanagan. We'd camp in their backyard. We'd go to the lake all day, and we had a relationship. And then many years later, when I was born again, I found out we actually shared the same father. And we've had a wonderful relationship with Brother Jonah. I appreciate his heart for the gospel, for the people of God. He's a man who loves to be in the spirit of God. And so this morning, we're going to have our brother come and minister, whatever God's laid in his heart. Let's just welcome and receive the word this morning. We want Christ in our midst. We appreciate Brother Jonah, but more than Brother Jonah, we want liberty with the Spirit of God this morning. Let's just change the order a little bit. We're going to sing a song. I, I just couldn't stop thinking about this this last week. Here is love. It's a little longer. But I couldn't stop thinking about the love of God, where He came, and that He came for us, and what love is upon us yet even today. Can you lead us here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood. When the prince of life, our ransom, shed for us his precious blood, through his love. Yeah. 
sing verse one one more time. This song became a theme song in 1906 or 1905. It was during the Welsh Revival. One of the greatest moves of God, 100,000 people gave their hearts to God. Do you know how it started? A 17-year-old girl in a prayer meeting. When an altar was opened, she stepped out and said, I surrender to you, O Lord. And the power of God came down and changed that place. And from there, it billowed and billowed. That God is still the same God. The world may not see that kind of revival, but it can happen in here today. Will you open your heart to him? Will you allow him to come in? We want him this morning, don't we? Let's welcome our brothers. We sing this one more time. This verse one as our brother Jonah comes. Here is love as, as the ocean to be with you saints this morning it's just wonderful to come into the presence of the Lord we sang a few songs this morning here cling more close to him you know keep his word whatever you do keep his word don't let Satan keep you from assembling yourselves together I just think that you know we've got some lines here I got to keep in the lines and I've never been one to stay in the lines <laughs> but I, but you know what we have to stay in the lines but let's stay in the lines of God let's stay in his presence let's stay assembled together as often and as much as we can because the time is at hand the time is at hand I want to see him we sang that song this morning keep his word inside you when he comes You'll appear with them if he's inside you. You'll appear with him in the sky. There's not, you know, it's not going to be a special announcement some morning, oh, he's coming today. No, you'll just be appearing with them because he dwells in you. He lives in you. The word lives in you. You know, gates of hell cannot take us if you've got his revelation, the revelation of who he is and what he is. Who are you serving? You're serving the great I am. You're serving the one that is above all and in all. See, he's above all, but yet he's in you. And you know, we sang that shout. Is your shout going to wake the sleeping in Christ? I believe our shout should wake them up. I believe, you know, I thought, what's, this, what's it going to be like in, in, in church here today? But it's pretty good. I, I noticed it's this. You're pretty loud amening already, and, and it feels like there's more here than there really is. 
And that makes me happy. Amen. So you may be seated. I'll just, uh, I'll just, uh, like I said, I'm very thankful to be here and to fellowship with you again. I just enjoy coming here and ministering to you. I, I you know, I just, uh, I feel a, a special presence of the Lord when I come and minister at uh, End Time Tabernacle. It's just something about the atmosphere here and and I have a, a word that, that uh, you know, Brother Ad asked me, and I, I just kind of said, Lord, you know, lately I've been getting some, some very different messages because I believe we're living in very different times. I believe we're living in a time that, uh, that this is the end of the end, and, and we've got to wake up to, to what we are going against and what we are coming against, and I believe... The enemy, he hides himself, and he's hiding himself. And uh, so God gave me this thought from Romans 16, and it's uh, and he's it's a it's and my, I'll just give you my topic. It's wise to good and innocent of evil. Be wise to good. And uh, and you know the the meaning of wise is is marked by a the. the Webster's Dictionary says, marked by deep understanding, exercising, or showing sound judgment. Now, we know that the wisdom of God is, is, is according to Scripture. Um, in Psalm 111.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. Not that hear his word. Not that just put a, a tape on and play and hear the message, but those that obey, those that have an understanding of the Word of God and actually do what the Word says. That's the wise one. Because they fear God. They fear God. They have a reverence for God. It's not fear like, oh, he's going to hit me again. No. They have a reverence for God because God dwells in them and they want to please them. If you have a reverence for your father and mother and you love them, you are afraid to displease them. You don't want to do something that your father would not be proud of or your mother would not be proud of. His praise endureth forever. And I believe everyone that fears the Lord is shouting the praises to Jesus Christ. And you know, to be innocent means to to be free from guilt or sin, especially through lack of knowledge of evil. What good does evil do you? What good does the knowledge of evil do you? I want to be blameless. I want to be blameless. So let's turn to read the Word of God this morning. Let's turn to Romans 16, 17 to 20 and stand to read the Word and and uh, the word is, is always good. Yeah. And let's just bow our heads before we read the sacred scriptures of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you said your word is of no private interpretation, Lord. And I'm not here to bring my interpretation of this word out, Lord. But I'm here, Lord Jesus, to be used by thy spirit. Lord, I don't want to have any, I don't want to give these, this church or these people anything from my own wisdom, from my own heart, from my own understanding, Lord Jesus, because I can't help anybody here. 
but you are the great I am that can save, that can heal, that can deliver, that can set the captive free this morning, Lord, and set those free that are fearful, Lord, that can set those free that are anxious, Lord, that can give life to the hopeless, Lord, and joy to the ones that have no joy, Lord Jesus, and lift up the fallen. Oh, Lord, you are more than able to do anything this morning. And I pray for those, Lord, in desperate need, Lord Jesus, that, that have, Lord Jesus, a need, Lord, to be restored. Lord, we know that it was all finished at the cross of Calvary. It was all done. But, Lord, we got to come to the cross of Calvary, Lord. We got to, our faith has got to meet the word. And, Lord, when that happens, Lord Jesus, it's complete. It's finished. And Lord, I pray that you would meet us here this morning, that our faith would touch your word and your word would become real and living in us. And Lord, just bless his service, Lord. And everything that's said, Lord, may it be by thy spirit. Not of me, but by thy spirit. For thy spirit gives life. And I thank you, Lord, that you are more than able to deliver. In Jesus' name, amen. It says here, in Romans 16, 17, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learnt, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. How many are simple here? I'll lay both my hands. I want to be simple to, because God is revealed in simplicity. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple or innocent concerning evil, which it says in other translations, innocent concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And may God add his blessing to his word. You may be seated this morning. You know, look how Satan is trying to bruise the children of the Most High. You know, he's always trying to get into your heart, into your thinking, into your, into your uh, space. And if you let him in, he'll stay there. If you let him in, he'll take more and more of your mind over, more and more of your heart over. And, and he, that's just his, his nature. And, and, you know, he's, he's, and he's got preachers and he's got teachers that have great form, that have great uh, uh, oration abilities, and they have, they make great speeches, and they have, but they have private revelation. You see, they have a private revelation, even of the message of the hour, always pointing to themselves or to their, their great churches or, or their great gatherings, and, and what they all do are doing for the kingdom of heaven but are denying the power of God. See, they're denying the power of God. The power of God is not in numbers. 
power of God is not in, in how much wealth you have. The power of God is in the obedience to the word of God because he said, I will endue you with power from on high, not so that you can cast out devils and this and that, but no, so that you can obey the word of God. But Brother Jonah, that brother prays for the sick and they are healed. Well, Judas prayed for the sick and they were healed. Benny Hinn prays for the sick and they are healed. And it's nothing but a circus. But see, God honors his word. God honors his word. And in the name of Jesus, there's great power. And if you have faith in the word of God and somebody uses the name of Jesus and you believe that it's God's will and it is God's will for his children to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free, you can go anywhere and somebody can pray over you and you can be healed because it's your faith touching the word. It's not the man. It's the man Christ Jesus in spirit touching his word which you believe. Because that name is powerful. It's wonderful. And it never changes. So it's not in man's eyes. God has ordained them. Has God ordained them or asked them to do it? You know, so many times we, we, we look and say, oh my, that's a wonderful man. He, look, look at what he's doing. But I'll tell you what. Look at how he obeys God. Look at how is he pleasing God with his word, with his actions, with his with his leading of people is he leading them to make himself great or is he leading them to Jesus Christ Amen. so God can dwell in them Amen. that's the key Amen. how are they denying the power of God they have no forgiveness they have no love for anybody that doesn't lift them up as somebody you know what your friend is somebody that corrects you. How many want correction this morning? Well, okay, you put your hands up. I don't really like it myself, but I need it. I need it. The power of God is the grace of God. In your desperation and weakness, you're made strong by trusting in God. Jesus told his disciples... When they wanted to tell someone that was casting devils out in the name of Jesus Christ that he should re, that they wanted to go and tell him, quit it because you're not following us. They sh he should refrain from it. But you know, look what it says in Mark 9. And, and I, just, I just think these, there's little things in the scripture that God has put in there for this day. For this day and for each age, God put these things into Scripture for us so that we would not be focused on ourselves. Focus on Him. Like that's our whole purpose. Focus on Jesus Christ. And if you're focusing on Him, you're focusing on the Word of God. Because He is the Word. And He says in Mark 9, 38, He says, And John answered saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in Thy name, and he followed not us. And we forbade him because he followed not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. 
For he that is not against us is on our part. See, what was Jesus teaching his disciples? It's not those that are fellowshipping with us that are right, but those that are following me. Those that are following me. The Word. The Lord Jesus Christ doing everything in my name. If you do anything in the name of Jesus, you're doing it for his glory. Because it's not your name that casts the devil out. It's your, not, not your name that helps the, the sick and the lost. You can't, I can't save anybody. I can't even save my own children. But he's the Savior. He's the Deliverer. See, Jesus is saying this. Don't become denominational. And it's so easy to do. You know, but if you don't go and love a brother, how can you help him? You know, he might have a little bit wrong doctrine, but you know what? Maybe he's never been taught right. Maybe he has never been taught right. Maybe he's never come to a place or, 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 or heard the word of God preached in the right way. Those that are in our group are the right ones, right? You know, there's devils among us. I hate to say it, but, but you know, Judas was right hanging there with Jesus. I have sometimes people that I meet that I used to, when I was a salesman, car salesman, say, what are you doing now? And I say, I'm a pastor of a church. Oh, how's your church growing? I says, well, it's not growing very fast. They look at me, Why? I says, because the gospel ain't popular. The gospel ain't popular. You know, if I was wanting to win people to myself, I could probably have a full church. But if you bring the truth to people, and I've had many people come in and, oh, wow, we just love the atmosphere, we love it. But the word every week, every Sunday, every Wednesday, the word, the word, the word, oh, you got to start to do this. Really? Is that the word? Yeah, you can't look like the world and be a Christian. You can't act like the world and be a Christian. There is a setting apart. There is a, there's a change of heart. There's a new life. There's a new spirit. It's a new way. It's a new fellowship. And that's what we need. We need to come to that. Those that are obeying the word of God are right, and those that are doing God's will are right. So we can get very self-righteous. It's not those that think you're right that are your friends, but those that are obeying the word of God. It says, mark those that cause divisions and offenses contrary to the word and avoid them. Now, I wish I could walk past this red line here because I would love to just go grab my brother Kevin and say you know what I'm going to show you how we mark people because we're carnal and if we, are, if we allow the spirit of carnality to come over us we'll mark people we'll go we'll grab that brother and we'll say you know what brother you're wrong and, and you better get right and, and you know we, 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 we tell everybody look at this guy he's wrong He's wrong. Hey, brother, he's wrong. 
Well, that's not the way you mark them. That's not the way you mark them. Because Paul says, here with good words, words of God and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Quoting the message doesn't mean you believe the message. Obedience to it, walking in it, that's obeying the message of the hour. So mark those. What is the mark we mark them with? The same mark the Lord marked Cain with. Well, how did he mark him? Did he put a special mark on his head? No. He said, Cain, do right and I'll accept you. Do right and I'll accept you, Cain. What did Cain do? He got angry. Why? He didn't want correction. He didn't want to get on the right path. He could have just grabbed a lamb and sacrificed it and been accepted of God. And we would be a lot different world today. But he couldn't because the nature in him was from another father. The nature in him was from someone that didn't want to. He wanted to be worshipped, not God. The same mark, the angels marked those that were not crying and sighing for the abomination committed in the city. How did they mark them? They mark, God marks his by the Holy Ghost. And what does the Holy Ghost do to you? Well, it changes your life. It changes your attitude. It changes your appetite. It gives you the desire, the longing for the Word of God, to obey the Word of God, to walk in the Word of God, to fellowship with God's children. That's how it marks you. The word that they believe marks them. Their doctrine they follow marks them because it is contrary to the word of God. Just look at this quote here. How to be wise unto good and innocent of evil. And it's found in the message questions and answers number two and paragraph 145. I think a good thing you ought to set up around on your desk. It's a little thing I seen down in, in Florida. Not long ago, it was three little monkeys. And one of them had his hands over his eyes. And it said, see no evil. And the other had his fingers in his ears and said, hear no evil. And the other one had his hand over his mouth and said, speak no evil. I think that's a good thing, don't you? Yes, sir. Oh, my. That's a very good thing. Just keep your mind pure and on Christ. You can't just say, well, now, now, see, if you don't watch, you'll get yourself over into a place. If you keep on thinking that and don't think that you have, you can't live so perfect till you don't make a mistake now. Now, don't you think you'll ever get that way because you won't. No, sir, you're not sinless and you're certain to get off your, their track and on this side and on that. I don't care who you are. This Amen. Bible Amen. was written so that we would know the greatest men of God made mistakes. The greatest men of God, Moses made a mistake. Abraham made a mistake. David made a mistake. But I'll tell you what, the mistakes they made 
show how God builds character. See, by your mistakes, your character comes out. If you make a mistake and you give up and say, well, I can't do this, you get up and you try again. You repent. It's as simple as that. God loves a heart that's repenting. God loves a heart that says, Lord, I failed, but Lord, tomorrow I want to be better. I want to do something that's better than I did today. See, he says, but a man that's once knocked down, he's a real soldier, he rises up again. Lord, let me rise and try it again. But a coward, as soon as he sees he's made his first little mistake, just like I said this morning, the bug and the water spider will call right back to the water again. See, he just can't stand it. That's not my nature. I can't do that. So he says, refuse all the old, the profane babbling and carrying on and talking. Babbling means confusion. And the Bible says, mark those who cause contentions among you. You know, if I know that my brother Kevin is having a rough time, what good would it do to go to brother Mark? No. John. Go to brother John and tell him all about uh, my brother Kevin's problems. If I really want to help him, I can go to brother Brother John and say let's pray for Brother Kevin and let's just bring him under the throne of God. Let's just pray that God would deliver my brother. Let's pray that God would set him free. You know I'll tell you what I don't know if you've listened to uh, a Brother Daryl Ward preached a sermon not that long ago the power of prayer. And I'll tell you what we need to use that more than than the power of gossip. <laughs> the power of gossip don't help anybody, but the power of prayer lifts your fallen brother. It delivers your fallen brother and you are strengthened. You are strengthened by it. He says here, if somebody says, uh-huh, uh-huh, now just, just say, how do you do? I'm glad to see you again. Thank you. And just keep on going. That's the best thing. Don't shun them, but just mark them. That's what Brother Bram says. Don't shun them, but mark them. You know, I had a couple of brothers visit me this summer, and, and they, <laughs> they came to my house, and, and uh, you've had them in your church here too, and they come from Ontario. And, and as soon as they came in, they, they right away were correcting me. They were correcting me. They were just playing it on. You know, and I, I tell you what, usually I can take it. Usually I can take it. But I was human that day. I didn't hit them or physically assault them. I just said, brothers, go. Brothers, go. It's no use. You're just Pharisees. You're just Pharisees. So let's not be Pharisees. You know, it's so easy to just tell somebody, oh, Brother Kevin, this is what you should do. This is what you should be. This is what, this is this, 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 and I'm right. And you know what? If you would follow me, it'd be right. No, follow him. Follow him. And if you follow him, did Jesus ball out the woman at the well? Did he take that woman that was caught in adultery that was brought to him? Did he say to her, you know what? You better start 
living right and you better dress right and you better. He just said, I neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I want you to realize I am a man of forgiveness. I, how many here have been touched by the grace of God? I believe every one of us can lift our hands and say, God saved me. Well, like he saved you, he saves them, brother. Like he saved me. And the things he saved me from, he can save you from. And he, you're innocent in his eyes. Once you've come to him, once you've put your hands on him, and you've waited there until his spirit comes into, you're innocent of everything you've ever done. We sang it this morning, justified. You're like you've never done it before. See, that's good. <laughs> Be wise toward good. And when you start to think about those things, think about his love. Think about his goodness. I'll tell you what, you start thinking about that, you look at your brother a lot different. You look at your kids a lot different. You look at your wife a lot different. You look at everybody a lot different. When you start to think about the goodness of Jesus. See, Cain's mark was his altar. He didn't put blood on it. That was his mark. See, your worship marks you. The way you worship is your mark. That was Cain's mark. It's the way you worship. It's how you enter in before God. That's your mark. How you come to the house of God. What attitude you come in here with. That's what marks you. It's what you do when you come. <laughs> and how you approach God and how you wait in his presence. That's how, what marks you. It's not, Lord, you should be glad I'm here. No. Lord, deliver me. But some of us come with that attitude. You know, they should be happy that I attend this church. Not the one down the road. You should be happy that God loves you. And that he died for you. What was Esau's mark? He didn't care much for the birthright because he was hungry. <laughs> he was starving. And he thought, if I don't get a meal here, don't eat that pottage, I'm going to perish, and what good is the birthright? But Jacob had respect unto the birthright. He wanted God's blessing. You know what? You know what some of us need is about three or four days fasting and praying. And after that wedding yesterday, I think I'm going to need to go on a fast. Brother Danny just, uh, you know, filling me oh and rib steak and 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 uh, you know you just you eat way too much meat and it stuffs you up. But you know we need to have a feast with God. How many want to feast with God? And sometimes you got to get a, get away from food, natural food, and have a feast with God. You know if you've never tried it, try it. Take a day off and just pray for somebody else. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for somebody else. And say, Lord, you know what? I just want to bring that brother before your throne. I'm going to take a day off food, and I'm just going to, and I'll tell you what, God will bless you. He'll bless that brother, but he'll bless you. He does things for you all of a sudden. 
Because that was his nature. He came to this earth to die for you and me. He didn't come to live for himself. He came to save us. And when we start to have that feast with God and we start to have respect for his presence in us. You see, how much, how much, how much do you respect God is how much presence of him you have in you. Because if you respect him, you're not going to do something contrary to him. See, if you respect God, you're not looking to divide brothers. You're not looking to, you know, let's, I, you know what, I don't like the way Brother Ed does this, or I don't like the way the deacons do this. Well, then go talk to the deacons if you don't like the way they do it. And say, brother, you know, why do you do it that way? Don't you think this would be better? It's better than going among the brothers on the fringe. Because the brother on the fringe might be at the, at the thing and think, well, this, this group isn't perfect. I'll tell you what, you might leave this group thinking this is not perfect. I'm going to go to Kelowna. It ain't perfect there either. I'm the, head, I'm the pastor of that church. I ain't perfect. But God is perfect. No matter where you go, he's there. And he cares. You know, the Nicolaitans, Mark, is not taking the word of God and following man instead of the Holy Spirit. See, that was the mark to that church age. The Nicolaitans, Mark, was not following the word of God, but following the word of man instead. And God doesn't like that. God hates that. You know, we've been in this message now since the prophet left us over 50 years. And you know, God wants us to respect his word. You know, you might have great respect for Brother Branham, but that ain't going to save you. That is not going to save you. The respect for the word that he brought is more important than anything else. Because he didn't come to introduce himself to us. He came to introduce the word to us. How do you get those that are like that marked, always pointing to the word and hold only to the word? Anything contrary to the word will avoid you because you're always on the word. You know, some people, when they come around you, they're, 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 they, you start fellowshipping with them, they're, they're your friends, but, oh, is it, you really that strict? Are you really that? But yeah, I, I am that particular about how I worship and, and what I do because I want to obey the word. See, we've got to realize that the word is what's important. But the dead letter will kill a brother, but the word with spirit in gives life. So, your, see, your testimony points out your fault of your friends and, and your brothers. Your testimony is what sets you apart. And like I was preaching a, a couple months ago, we need to renew our testimony. You know, you want to save your kids? 
get a fresh experience in, with, the, with the living God. You want the church to get more life in it? Get a fresh experience with, with God and see how much more life comes into your fellowship. That's all it takes. And how do you get that? Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You don't like what Brother Ed's preaching? Fast and pray and say, Lord, I want a little more life than that, my brother Ed. And I'll tell you what, you might find life comes into your heart. How can you, how can that happen to believers or Christians when we or you do not prove what they say by the very word of God? See, you've got to prove everything your pastor preaches by the word. And what, the, what happens when you prove it by the word? Everything your pastor says, everything that, that preacher Jonah says when he comes to Edmonton, prove it by the word. What, what, what happens to you? What happens when you, when you look into the word? It, it establishes you. It, it, it makes it even more real and more true because you've checked it and said, yes, that's exactly what it says. And it gives you greater strength and deeper roots and no wind is going to blow you over. No offense is going to knock you out. See, the ones that cause divisions and offenses, the Bible says they serve their own belly. The dividers, the offended ones, men of God serve God and his bride, not their own bellies. See, the only reason that, that, that they come in among us is because they want people to follow them. They want to take preeminence. I hope this is not uh, offending you. Brother Branham says, in Christ is the mystery of God revealed. I just want to show you something here. See, as God is known by simplicity and the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, to the most illiterate person. See, it's not just to the most learned person, but to the most illiterate person. You don't even have to read, be able to read the Word of God. But God reveals himself to you, and, you, and there's just a feeling that says, oh, that sounds right. That is right, because God is, reveals his word by his spirit. See, it's not your theology, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. Upon what rock? Peter? No. Upon the revelation of who Jesus was. See, you can have the revelation of who Jesus was and still deny Jesus. Because Peter did. Until he received the spirit of Jesus Christ deep within him, then he was able to be crucified for him. You see, then it was no longer about Peter and about his skin, but it was about serving the Lord who died for him, who rose to live in him. 
And it says here, and Brother Bram says, and upon this rock I'll build my church. No other rocks accepted. No other things accepted. No other Roman rock. No other Protestant rock. No other school. No other nothing. But exactly the revelation of Jesus Christ through the new birth. He has to be born in you. And he injects his own life, and your life is gone. You see, that's the key. Your life is gone, and his life is in you, and you're no longer concerned about yourself and about how you look, but you're concerned, am I serving him? Am I doing what he's pleased with? Am I pleasing my father? Because if your fear of God, your reverence of God, and he says, and the life of Christ is projecting itself through you with the preeminences to the people and that they see the very life and works and signs and wonders that he did is doing the same thing through you. Outside of that, the rest of it's not even called to at all. Watch God's great revelation unfolding. But lack of this revelation is why we have so many different divisions among us and so much mockery so much division among us is because the people lack that revelation. See, they lack the revelation, the teachers. If you lack that revelation, it just means you don't know the purpose God has ordained the church in this hour for. It's not to have a, a, a beautiful uh, a form of worship. You know, there's, we've so many, there's so many forms of believers. Because there's, there's this teaching and there's that teaching. And, and, and if you look at, at, at all the different forms and you, and you go back to the Word of God and why are you formed like that? Well, you find that there's certain forms that have one quote and they've formed a whole group just because of one quote. They haven't taken all of the word. They haven't taken all of the word. But they've taken that one quote and they're running with it. And that's, they formed the whole group and they got no power of God there. Because they're, it's just a form of religion. And they got no grace for anybody else that doesn't follow that form. That's a sure sign that there's something wrong. That's a sure sign they got something wrong. If you don't do it, see it the way I see it, brother, you're lost. I'll tell you what. If you don't see him, you're lost. I'll tell you. If you don't have him, you're lost. Mark of God is the Holy Ghost. And that's the only right mark you can have. It's God in you. God said, just do what Abel done and I will accept you. And I can say, just do what the Word says and God will accept you. Amen. Look at Korah of the children of Israel. No revelation of who God put in to lead them. You think you're the only one, Moses? Brother Jonah, you think you're the only one that can preach? No. Never. But your life is preaching louder than your words. See, your, your life preaches louder than your words. See, Coro just wanted to be something. 
And Moses was just following the leading of the Lord. And you know, when you follow the leading of the Lord, God, God, when God says go right, he doesn't mean go left right. He means go right. When God told Moses, go sacrifice Isaac, he didn't say, well, you know, just go and cut him a little bit. Let him bleed a little bit. No, Moses, I mean, Abraham went and he was going to cut him. He's going to cut his throat. And God had to yell at him and probably had to hold his hand back. Because Abraham knew that when you obey God, God is pleased. See, when you obey God and God shows you something, do it right away. Because if you don't do it right away, you won't do it. And God's not pleased. See, a true revelation, you act on God's word as it comes to you and you do it right away. And there's deliverance. And there's deliverance right away. You know, King Saul against King David, when Samuel told him, the kingdom of God is rent from you and I've given it to someone else, he should have said, Lord, who is it that you gave it to? And said, here's my crown, here's my robe, you take it over, God has given it, taken it from me. But he couldn't, he was too proud. But God also had a reason behind that because he had to teach David character. You see, if you get anything too easy, anything too easy, you don't treat it with respect. You don't cherish it. You don't hold it. Look at what the prophet said about those that are not following good. He says it in the message, Mark of the Beast, 56, 07, 15. If you refuse now you'll go away and say, that preacher's just popping off. That preacher's just popping off. I, I'm known to pop off about praise and worship, about being vocal in the house of God. Now why would I pop off about that? I'm only popping off to the ones that are dead. <laughs> The ones that are quiet, the ones that don't know how to worship, the ones that don't have Jesus Christ living in them. Because to the ones that have Jesus Christ living in them, they got life. They're praising Him and worshiping. Why? Because God inhabits the praises and the worship of His people. That's what God inhabits. God loves it. That's why He created man to worship Him. How many want the presence of the Lord here this morning? Well, there's only one way to get it. Start thanking him for what he's done for you. And praise him for his wonderful kindness and his loving kindness. I'll tell you what, the presence of the Lord will come down. Don't start giving petitions. Lord, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. No, praise him. He doesn't want to hear your, your list. He wants to hear your praises. And then when you start praising him, you give it to him. I tell you what, if you've got, you got kids at home that are thankful, you've had, I have four kids and, and there's a couple of them that are just thankful. Any little thing you do, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mom. And you know what? You want to do more for them. Why? Because they're so thankful. 
They're so thankful. And then you just, you, 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 just, you, you know what? You want to give it all to them. But you, you, it's no good to give them everything. But because they're so thankful for it. You know, when you have somebody over for dinner, and my dear wife, she's a, a saint for doing that. And, and I know she doesn't want to be praised, but sometimes you got to... She's, she's, a, she's a real worker. But you know, when you get people coming over, they eat dinner and they eat good and they, and they don't say anything. They just walk out huh, as if, you know, you're my pastor, you got to do this. <laughs> no, I don't have to do anything. But you know what? The ones that thank you, the ones that, oh, thanks, and oh, we appreciate this. You know what? You want to call, invite them and say, well, next week, let's have another. <laughs> because it feels good. And you know, I always think, how much does our Heavenly Father love it? When we just come to his house and before we wake up, go to work, before we go to bed, Lord, thank you. Without you, Lord, I wouldn't have made this day. You know, he wants to hear it. And I, we lose out on so many blessings. I'll tell you what, if you live a miserable life, it's because you're not doing anything for anybody. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if you're miserable and you're feeling down and you're feeling that you just, your life is not joyful, it's because you're not doing anything for anybody. It's because you're only living for yourself. A life lived for yourself is miserable. It's a miserable life. It says here, the, that preacher is just popping off. This is the, the quote here. I, I like this. It's the scripture, and if, then it's the scripture popping off. I like that what he says. Brother Brown says, yeah, maybe that preacher is popping off, but it's the scripture popping off. And he says, then if you are got your ears so bored that you're listening to the devil and you can never no more hear the gospel truth and walk in the light, that's the mark of the beast. You see, to plug your ears to the word of God and say, well, that's just his idea. That's just Brother Jonah's, you know, doctrine and he's just harping on that all the time. No, that's the word's doctrine. And what the word says, if you do what the word says, there's, there's, there's reward in it. It's pleasing God. And when you please God, I'll tell you what, God loves you. <laughs> and you love him because of what he's done. And he says, that's the mark of the beast. You refuse to hear the truth, liberation, that Christ has made you free from these things. That's the mark of the beast. You know, I had a, a, a brother that came to our church for a while, and, he, and the, the reason he came to our church for a while is because I met him. He says, you know, he says, you're the pastor of that church? I said, yeah. He says, there's 386 people that have the mark of the beast. And I was going to tell him there's 7 billion people that have the mark of the beast. <laughs> you know what? And he says, oh, they got a chip and this and that. I said, brother, I said, I learned one thing. Don't give them the whole, whole message at one shot. I said to him, I said, you read Genesis and tell me how God marked the first sinner. I just, that's all I told him. I says, you go and read Genesis and see how God marked the first one. 
The next day I seen him, I says, did you read it? He says, yeah. I says, how did God mark Cain? Well, he says, I don't understand it. I says, he marked him because of the way he worshipped. He had no blood on his altar. That was his mark. I said, and what's our mark? What's the mark of the beast today? It's the way you worship. It's, it's the name. It's one God, not three gods, not two lords. It's one Lord. It's one. Can a person be marked and have the mark of the beast and be among us believers? Absolutely. He refuses to follow or obey the word when it's brought out to him. He rebels against it. Don't rebel against the word. That's the worst thing you can do. Rebellion to the word of God, the Bible says, is worse than witchcraft. See, it's our responsibility to mark and to know those that cause divisions among us. Never fear another group that comes up because God has many shepherds for different sheep. But do not let a shepherd tell you he's superior to another man. Or another, our other preachers because God gives revelation and not man. And any man that follows the leading of the Spirit will always point every man to the Word of God, never to himself or his church. Point them to God and God alone. God wants you to know him. Because knowing Brother Ed's not going to save you. But knowing the Lord Jesus Christ will save you. Be wise to good. What's good? A brother at the wedding said to me, I says, how are you doing? He says, I'm good. I says, well, only God is good. That's one of my favorite sayings. If you've been around me long, you say you're good, I'll say only God is good. And your next line should be, well, I got God living in me. Well, then you're good too, brother. <laughs> See, God's got to be in you to be good. Amen? You're not good because you, you got a good set of clothes on and because you got a girlfriend. You're good because Jesus Christ dwells in you. He saved you. He healed you. He delivered you. Amen. Brother Land can say God is good. Because he said it shall be better. Right, brother? Amen. I just want to show you something here in James 3 and 17 and 18. About a wise... What's wise? It says here, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. That's the wisdom. Amen. That's the wisdom of God. Is, is, is peaceable. Full of mercy. Doesn't have partiality. I don't prefer one brother over another. I prefer the word. And, and I want to help my brother. That's the key. You know, the word from above is pure, gentle, full of mercy, and with good fruits of righteousness. It sure isn't arrogant. 
There's nothing, in my opinion, that's worse than an arrogant preacher. There's nothing that causes greater divisions and offenses among the children of God is arrogance in the ministry. Thinking that you're something greater than somebody. And yet I've met a few of them. In this message. And it's a terrible thing. Because I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for the grace of God, where would they be? And God is the Word. And it took upon flesh and came to redeem us from evil. What is evil? Disobedience to the Word. That's evil. To know better and not to do it, that is evil. If you don't know evil and you're doing evil, that's not evil. But to know good and to do evil, that is evil. That's the devil himself. If I could just reinforce this to every person here, obey the word. Not man, but the word of God. It takes first priority over anything man says, over anything the prophet's family is doing or telling you to do. Well, Brother Jonah, the prophet's family did this and that. I'll tell you what. What did the prophet say? If my family does anything, if what does anything, but it's the word that matters. And I got a quote for you just so that you can kind of say, well, that's just Jonah popping off again. <laughs> and I, he says it in lying. Living, dying, buried, rising, coming. 1959. I think today that's where many is or are failing to recognize that he was love. God is love and they that love are born of God. Isn't that the capstone? God so loved the world that is the unlovable that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but would have everlasting life. That's not the quote that I was thinking of. But here it comes. See, that's what makes this America free world, every believer to his own, every fellow to his own belief. But I believe that whatever God has said, God's word does not alter. God's word does not change. One jot or title will no wise pass away from it until every bit of it's fulfilled. The prophet did not say, do as I do or as my family does. Do as the word says, he said, for it shall never pass away. I believe that Paul said, if an angel from heaven would come and teach any other thing than what you've already been taught in the scripture, let him be unto you accursed. So he, and Brother Branham goes on to say, so I'm a fundamental believer in the Bible. What the Bible says, I believe it. And I believe it's the truth. And ready to hang my soul on any phase of the Bible or any sentence, comma, whatever it might be, that's God's word, is everlasting truth. It's inspired and written, and we stay with it. We stay with it. You can't alter the truth. 
The prophet did not come to bring us to a new revelation. He brought us to Paul's revelation, to Peter's revelation. He brought us back to the original church's revelation. If we as born-again believers would just understand the nature of carnal man, and if man's not born again and wants to be something great in the eyes of man, he will not point you to Jesus Christ, but to himself. And you have to be aware and be wise to see it because he as a man portrays himself as a messenger of light. That's the way the devil always works. He comes as a messenger of light. If he can get you to vary from the word of God, the message of the hour, by one little bit, he's done his job. He doesn't have to take you into the depths of sin, dope, addiction, lust, sex, all these things. No, he just got to get you one little bit removed from the Word of God. He says, oh, hear the voice only. I'll tell you what, if you just hear the voice, you'll never be saved. You have to do what the voice says. That's real hearers of the Word are doers of the Word. Because if you don't do the Word of God, you're not saved. It's as simple as that. He said, Abraham, get out. If Abraham wouldn't have packed his family up and started marching out of the country he was in, he wouldn't have been a servant of God. And that's the same thing with us. If we know what God requires of us and we don't do it, we're iniquity. We're full of evil. God requires something. The true man of God points only to the Lord Jesus Christ. For he alone can save and he alone gives revelation. Look at Judas. I just want to show you how Judas kind of lived his life. And you know, Brother Branham says that Judas was close to Jesus. Because he was the treasure. But when that woman came and anointed Jesus with oil, anointed his feet and you know, Jesus stood back and he looked at it and says, you know, you know what, Andrew? I don't know. We should have sold that ointment and, and gave the money to the poor. You know what, Matthew? I think we should have sold that ointment and give the money to the poor. He didn't go to Peter, James, and John. You know why? Because... They were close to Jesus. Jesus always took them when he had some, some devil, hard devil to cast out or to call somebody back to life. He took his three that really loved Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you love him this morning? Amen. Then you just want to hear his word and obey his word. That's the ones that love Jesus. That's the one that love this message is those that obey this message. Those that take this message and do what it says. The prophet isn't their Lord, their God. The prophet is the one that brought them back to Jesus Christ. And Judas, you know, he, he's just caused divisions. And what did he do in the end? He betrayed him. He sold him out. See, the desire to be something. That's the worst thing you can ever do is the desire to be something big. If God comes into your heart, your desire is just to be a little help to the bride of Christ, to the word of God, 
You know, if God gives you a little gift of singing, well, you just want to sing for the Lord. You don't push yourself to sing. You just do it as unto the Lord. And God will give you the place to sing. God will give you the place. You just want to serve the Lord, to direct people into the house of the Lord. You don't push yourself to be a deacon. You just say, Lord, give me the wisdom. Give me the calling. Give me the, the desire to serve your people. And God will just, he, he, the gifts always find their place when you're humble and you say, God, help me. Let me do what you want me to do. It's not somebody that wants to be something. See, those that cause divisions never go to the, to the pastor and say, you know what, why are we doing this? They'll go to the one that's missing a few services. You know, <laughs> why do they go that? Because that's the devil's way. He, he loves to take the one, the sheep that are out on the outside of the pasture. He wants to, you know, bring them to more frustration. More, give them more ammunition. Not to fellowship, not to come together. Paul says, mark them. Do not entertain their grievances. You know, somebody comes and I, I've been, you know, went to Germany and I was preaching there and, 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 and some of the brothers came and, oh, our pastor's so dead and, and he's this and that. And I said, well, I said, you know, I said, I, I got a solution for you. Really? I said, yeah. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock? That's pretty early. Yeah, come, let's go to church and pray. I said, let's pray for the pastor. Let's pray for him. I said, don't talk about him, pray for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that, was, that, was, that, that wasn't what they wanted. They wanted me to point out, well, that brother there is probably a better preacher. Maybe you should be the preacher. Maybe he wanted to hear he should be the preacher. But no, pray for your pastor. Well, that one brother, one brother of the three that came and told me that, he always calls me and says, Jonah, he says, thank you. I've really started a walk with the Lord that I never had before because you made me come and pray. You know, I'll tell you, you want life in your church? Pray. <laughs> There's no other way to get life is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do you have a relationship with him? You talk to him. You talk to him. We're born-again believers. are always looking to please our Lord, Jesus Christ. So our loyalty is not to man but to the Word of God. So everything we do should be filtered by the Word. Everything, every thought we think and every reaction to what is happening around us has to be pleasing unto the Lord. Every man that thinks he's right in his own heart and does not examine himself or judge himself by the Word is just like the Word says about Elijah coming to the school of the prophets and making, they were making a stew. And you know, this is, this is, Brother Bram talks about it in the true and false vine. A man picks himself a lap full of gourds and throws them into a big pot, cooking it to give life, sustain life. What a type that is today of many places in the world today, cooking up something all right, but what you got in the pot 
They come to find out when they started to eat, there was death in the pot. You see, he just, whatever, they, they grab whatever. You know, that's just living on your feelings. Living on what you think is right. Not on what's grounded in God's truth. You see, that's just grabbing whatever. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, that looks good to the people. Throw it in the pot. But you're killing the people. You're not bringing them to life. And he says, oh, it's death in the pot, one man cried out. But they had somebody there that had a double portion. They had somebody there that had a double portion. How did he fix that pot? How did he fix that death in the pot? He threw some meal in there. He threw the word of God in there. It doesn't bring death. It brings life. It doesn't bring divisions, offenses. It brings life. Hallelujah. They had a meal offering, and he took the handful of meal and cast it into the pot. He said, eat as much as you want, for it's life now. Amen. Eat. The word is what you eat. And if you eat the word, you're going to have life. Anything wrong or done wrong can only be corrected by one way, by the word. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, you look at, uh, we look at David's life, and, and, and I love Psalm 51. You know, it's, a, it, it's, it's a, one of the, the best pieces of Scripture in the Bible. But it came from wrong. <laughs> it came from wrong. But you know what? It gave, it gave life to David. And it showed him how God forgives. And when God forgives, he forgets. <laughs> he doesn't remember the evil. He took that same woman that he had that affair with, and he gave her Solomon came out of her, the most wise man of all time. Why? Because of the repentance of David. You see, when you repent and get right with God in the Word of God, God forgives everything and He takes what was wrong and makes it right. Hallelujah. He's the only one that can do it. And that's the trouble with us. You know, we, we make mistakes and we don't repent for them. We don't repent for them. We don't make it right with our family. We don't make it right with the other believers if you make a public mistake, if a preacher comes up here and preaches something wrong, he better correct himself up here in public. Because that's where he made his mistake. If he makes a private mistake, he better go to the ones he talked to privately and make it right. He doesn't have to broadcast it. Because that's God's way. And when a brother or sister makes a mistake, you don't have to get him up here to make a show of it. No, just repent. Wait on the Lord till the Spirit of God comes in and gives you a new nature, a new life. Look at all 70 sent out by Jesus to proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come unto you. Repent. We're so full of joy because of power. And you know, it's one thing, you know, to have power. We were at a wedding yesterday and, you know, usually I... I, I marry the people or, you know, I go to the wedding and, and, you know, maybe you say something or pray or whatever. But yesterday, it was a different, I, did, I was different. I, I served the people. You know, it's a, it's a completely different thing. 
But you know what? You have to humble yourself and serve sometimes. And that's, that's where you can really help somebody is by serving them. Don't always look like, like for the prominent position. Don't always look, oh, I want to do this, I, I want to do that. But, oh, to serve, to clean, to cook. Ah. But you know what? God loves it when we put our shoulders to the wheel. God loves it when we don't look at our status and say, oh, you know, what can I do? What can I help? That's what God wants. Those 70 were there, and what did Jesus tell them? Don't rejoice over the power you had over the devil, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. And I'll tell you what, we should have a praise and a worship service here this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. I could just give everyone this advice. There's always going to be little contentions among us. Because we're human. Because not everything done is pleasing to everyone. But as born again believers, we have to have the capstone of love to cover a multitude of sins because of love. We pray always for unity, for deliverance, for harmony, for we want perfect faith. Amen? I want harmony. I love harmony. But you know what? If your wife needles you about something and you just needle her back about something and then there, there's an argument. Then there's passion. <laughs> I find there's passion there. But it's the wrong kind. But if you let it slip off your back and just <laughs> let it go, there's harmony. And that's the same thing in a church. And I believe that, what does it say? Be wise unto good. Let's make sure we got the right spirit. So we're wise unto good. And so we always try to bring harmony, unity. Remember, not everyone, no matter how long anybody has been in the message or as a Christian, is in the same grade of school. You know, I'm, I'm amazed that I've, I've seen people that have been in the message 40 years and still haven't gotten out of kindergarten. Because they never, ever had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They never, ever got saved. They just received a book. They received a book and said, well, sounds good. Looks good. There wasn't a man like this, and I agree with him. There wasn't a man like this on earth. But I'll tell you what, it's not that man that you look at. you got to get the Jesus that he preached you got to get to Jesus that he preached. You know? But remember, who is the one that is our teacher? Our guide? Our comforter? It is the Holy Spirit. And he will bring everything into harvest and be ready at one time for he is God alone. And let's get to the meat of the scripture. And God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. You know what? God is, is right now. We're right in this God will bruise Satan. How did he bruise Satan? He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Hallelujah. Destroy this body and in three days I will raise it up. They thought, oh, 
Who does he think he is? Took us 40 years to build this temple. He wasn't talking about the, the building. He's talking about the body. And Satan is trying to destroy the body of Christ. You know what? This COVID, I, I believe that COVID is, 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 a, is a plague. It's a pandemic. It is a virus. And don't tune into all these conspiracy things. It is a virus. People have died from it. But you know what? We don't fear it. And we don't let it keep us from obeying the Word of God. We don't let it keep us from obeying the Word of God. We can distance socially. But you know what we do? We seek God. He's our protector. Every virus, every sickness is a spirit. That's what we've been taught by the prophet. And you know, the devil has got all kinds of viruses among us that aren't the pandemic or COVID-19 or whatever. It's division. It's one of the, that's one of the things. Offenses. He sent that virus among us all the time. He's always active. And it's been active since the beginning of time. But how do we overcome it? By the love of God. How do we overcome it? By the Word of God. And how do we overcome it? By not holding it against my brother. Don't hold it against him. Does God, when you go to God, Brother Kevin, does he remind you of the last sins you came and repented from him? Never, because he's forgotten them. He's forgotten them. Hallelujah. He's forgotten them. They're never in his memory no more. Hallelujah. Capstone of love. I believe that God wants to crown his church. And he wants to crown his people. The forgiven of all that receive him as the Lamb of God. Not the God of divisions, offenses. How is he going to bruise Satan? Satan has tried to kill the seed of God right from the beginning of time. He killed Abel. <laughs> he thought he got him. Esau wanted to kill Jacob, but God protected him. How did God protect him? God marked Jacob. <laughs> he marked him. But you know when he got marked, he no longer feared his brother. <laughs> he loved his brother. And he loved him so much that when his brother came, he feared him. <laughs> his brother, Esau, the warrior, feared him. Because he, he see no fear in Jacob. He thought, man, this guy must have warriors around here or something. But I think what he knew is he had God with him. You see, the first birth was in him. It was no longer his daddy's hands on him, but it was in him. You see, it was a spirit had taken him over, changed his name, changed his nature. How did Jesus defeat Satan? He rose again after three days. He rose again. That's what he did. He bruised Satan by rising. He thought he got him. I got him. He saved others. He can't save himself. Well, he did. He saved everybody. Everybody that will receive him is saved this morning. He bruised him. Do not speak of divisions, offenses, grievances, petty little things. Who is doing that but the accuser, the devil? 
Himself loves to bring disharmony, confusion. He thrives on conflict. That's his nature. See, the accuser thrives on conflict. That's his nature. If he can bring confusion, disharmony, grievances one against the other, that's Satan's tactic. But let's be wise to his tactics. And when somebody comes against somebody else, just say, oh, brother, let's forgive him. Let's pray for him. I'll tell you what, that person will never come to you with another grievance against somebody else. If you say, let's pray for him. Let's just forgive him. Let's pray for him. Did you see that skirt she was wearing? Let's pray for her. That God would come into her. She would become modest. Ooh, that devil won't come again and say that. I'll tell you what. He didn't want prayer. The devil didn't want prayer. He didn't want forgiveness. Because that's not his nature. That's not his nature. Those that wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings. Faith becomes perfect with patience. How does faith become perfect? Pray and then speak it as, as, as it has already happened. That's what faith is. And was finished on the cross of Calvary. Let's be wise to good, wise to the word, which is God in letter, but the Spirit gives it life to be obeyed. James said it best. The wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Let's stand and let's just say, Lord, fill me with that wisdom from above. Fill me with that wisdom from above that I would be that way. I want your spirit in me, Lord. I don't want anything contrary to thy word. And God will fill your heart to overflowing. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, I just come before you with, Lord, thanksgiving in my heart for the things that you've done for me, Lord, and the things that you've done for every person here this morning, Lord. You've saved their souls. You've healed bodies, Lord. You've set some captives free, Lord Jesus. And if there's anyone here this morning that needs deliverance, salvation, healing, Oh, Lord, you're here this morning to do it. You don't have to come up front to be healed, prayed for. They just need to say, Lord, here I am. Lord, forgive me, set me free, give me life and more abundance of life. And Lord, you are there present. Oh, Lord, you're here this morning. There's more than two of us gathered in the name of Jesus, believing, Lord, that you are the same, that you never change. And Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, may we just have the right attitude, the right spirit, the right mind. And Lord, fill our hearts with thanksgiving and praise. I just thank you, Lord, that you are the true God and eternal life. And Lord, you've given us a way to come, Lord. And that's to humble ourselves in thy presence and give you all the glory, all the praise. Lord, touch this little fellowship here, Lord Jesus, in Edmonton, Lord, may they just feel the presence of Jesus. Every time they gather together, Lord, may their desire be, Lord, to serve you, Lord. May their desire be, Lord, to lift up the name of Jesus. And Lord, to follow in thy ways. And Lord, to be simple, Lord, towards evil, innocent of evil, and wise to good. And Lord, that's wise to thy word, wise to thy spirit. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.
Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just sing that song. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. That's the only way that you're going to be wise to good is by the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come Think about the